Blog Talk Radio. It's February 6th, 2022. Hello and welcome to Working for a Living Radio Show. Where realists for change present opinions that matter. Tonight, we're joined by co-host Jeff Brown, and I'm your moderator, Leroy McKnight. Please, remember... Good leadership is never about power and control, but rather for the honor and the privilege of serving the members in the interest of the membership. Working for a Living is syndicated on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, Listen Now, and Player FM. You may also follow us on Twitter. That means that all of those uh, uh, entities that I just said actually carry the radio show, and you can go there and look us up and, uh, you know, listen to us on, on their uh, platform as well. Uh, so uh, let me bring on Jeff. Uh, hi, Jeff. How are you doing? I'm okay, Leroy. How are you? Well, pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Um, the uh been an interesting week. You know, it's... Uh, um, Black History Month, and early on in February, we had quite a snowstorm. Did you get a snowstorm there, Jeff? Yes, I did. It was pretty bad around here. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. did have have an event that happened. Um, it started off as a joke on Facebook between the Woodha- Woodhaven Police Department and the Allen Park Police Department. They challenged each other to a, a contest on the on a hill, a sledding contest here in Woodhaven, right off of I-75. And it grew to probably 12 other cities, police. And they had a big big race. A lot of people were there. The news crews were there. Uh, all for charity. But uh, it's something that I like to, to see, especially in these times. The police did a wonderful job. I guess they're trying to get the fire departments to do the same thing. Uh, but it was quite interesting. Well, well, good. Good. Yeah. So all cops aren't bad, as one of our former colleagues used to say, and that's why he's not, not a uh, colleague yeah, anymore. We, <laughs> yeah. Um, it, was, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of Sad that some people would uh, think of that like that, but uh, it, I'm glad they had a really nice thing come out of that. It's kind of spontaneous too, wasn't it? Huh? Yes, yes, it was. Yeah. Last yeah. minute thing. That's cool. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I got a couple of things uh, before we get into the email. Um, um, I especially want to thank. John Hartwell and Tim Ganton from the Operating Engineers Local 324 for joining us last week and explaining about their jobs and especially uh, explaining about their apprenticeship program. John did a very fine job of that. Brother Hartwell, thank you, and Brother Ganton, thank you. Um, I want to uh, 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 announce that link where you can go and get information on their apprenticeship program. As they indicated last week, it's not open at the moment, but you can put your name in and be sort of in queue, uh, and they expect that uh, to be rolled out uh, beginning uh, 
the first week in June, they would be taking real applications. So that link is oe324.org, oe324.org. Up at the right-hand top in that uh, um, menu uh, bar that they have at the top on the right is the apprenticeship uh, tag, um, you know, link. So I encourage anybody that's interested in operating heavy equipment to please consider that. Uh, you know, it's the alternative four-year degree, as my friends in the building trades would like to uh, remind me all the time. Um, and uh, it's you don't have to pay to go to college to get it. You know, I, I talked to a young woman. She said, I want to go to college and learn how to run, operate uh, heavy equipment. I says, well, that's that's really not necessary that you pay a college to do that. You can go just down the street from where she was working and, uh, you know, apply. And, you know, if you get accepted, they pay you for the apprenticeship while you're learning. So, uh, and then, as I indicated last week, so, again, we thank them for being on, and we really appreciate uh, uh, them doing some cross-union uh, solidarity with us here and with our own UAW, because uh, while we don't, we're not elected any longer, but, uh, we, and we don't represent, but it's nice to have us uh, talking to one another in the off chance that we, again, uh, attaining leadership positions, so we'll see. Um, again, it was you know, this beginning of uh, this past week was the beginning of Black History Month, uh, and we had a big snowstorm. I, you know, got to tell you that the office here is in the middle of the ghetto, right? In the middle of the ghetto, tough neighborhood. And people in a snowstorm all went out with a shovel, black, white, brown, Asian, Hispanic, everybody, Chinese, Japanese, and Nonese, out there shoveling the snow, being good to each other, and having a pretty good time at it. A lot of solidarity. It was a nice thing. So snowstorms sort of bring us all together in a unique way. Be nice to your neighbor, even the ones that don't live so close to you. That said, uh, this week's featured person, our black leader, that's being featured this week, uh, unfortunately passed away last week. Joan Jackson Johnson, affectionately known as Triple J, was dedicated to the struggles of the poor and the vulnerable. Johnson, a clinical psychologist, was a principal owner of the East Lansing Center for the Family and was director of the Human Relations and Community Services Department for the City of Lansing since 2006. Over the years, I had the distinct pleasure of knowing Triple J. She was an amazing community leader for all who were disadvantaged. 
again, unfortunately, she recently passed away, and this community will sorely miss her. Triple J was not only a woman leader, but she was also a black leader. And this week, Joan Jackson Johnson is our featured black leader of the week. Thank you, sister, for everything you did to everybody, for everybody that I sent to you. God bless you, and may you rest in peace. Thank you, everyone, for indulging my remembering a very good one as our black leader this week. Um, Jeff, you want to take that first? We have seven, I think, this week, uh, uh, comments and email. You want to take that first one? Okay. Thank you again for having us on your show on January 30th. This is from John Hartman and Tim Canton. Uh, we want to thank you for being on our show. We have a lot of wonderful feedback about your Operating Engineers Apprenticeship Training Program. And once again, the website is to apply, oe324.org. And the Apprenticeship Information tab is at the right of the home page. Again, thank you for coming on to our show. You are welcome back anytime. Yes, they are. Yes, okay, Leroy. Um, yep. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, they're, they're welcome back anytime. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. uh, this number two is for Jeff and Leroy. Uh, the, the plants were shut down quite a lot last year. Why do you believe the profit sharing is still so high? And name withheld. And these some of these folks are pretty close to us, so we're trying to answer these, you know, some of them from our own team. So just just know that. So, uh, um, uh, and thank you for your question, Jeff. Do you want to take a stab at that one? First, right. number three. Number two. Number two. Okay. Uh, they don't know much about dead peasants insurance. There's a lot of money that rolls to the bottom line, and we'll be talking about that later in the show. So. Yeah, thank you, Jim. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I agree with you, and uh, we'll, you know, we'll get into some of that, the reasons for that later. I think in my report down down the pages here. So uh, we're going to try and keep it right to an hour tonight. By the way, so thank you, Jeff. Uh, you want to take number three? This is Jeff. You are from Ford. Can you tell us more about what what Ford announced last Friday? Name withheld. Um, well, thank you for that question. Uh, we'll be covering that in more, more detail later in my report. Uh, thank you, John. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, number four, uh, does it also bother you that the current IUAW president just got GQ Man of the Year, while at the same time Spring Hill, Tennessee, just outsources body and Paint to GM Subsystems LLC, name withheld. Well, (laughs) yes, it bothers the living hell out of me that we have prom kings and prom queens running our union. Um, You know, give me a curmudgeon like George Meany any old day. He was a national AFL-CIO president for a very long time, the 50s and the 60s, I think maybe the early 70s as I recall. 
and he was just an effective old, old uh, curmudgeon. You know, you look at him, and he was curmudgeonly, you know, all the way. Great big stogie sticking out of his mouth all the time, smoking it, even when he's sitting and being interviewed by 60 Minutes and places like that. So he, he was effective. Okay, you don't give away work. We'll talk more about that later in my report too. So, but uh, uh, when you when you allow on your watch jobs to go to subsystems at substandard pay, they start I think at sixteen sixty something like that, and or sixteen, and they top out at seventeen. I got that written down somewhere here. Let me just they oh yeah they start. Yeah. Well, this was just an advertisement down uh, uh, GM production, full-time temp, 1667. They just posted it, okay? And the, some of the, the comments were, Walmart starts at $16 an hour. De facto minimum wage is $15 an hour. And GM, supposed to be some of the very best jobs in the country, 1667 starting wage. When I started, I earned 41% of, uh, or um, I made, their minimum wage was 41% of what I made. A little confused there, but uh, 41% of what I made. So, you know, given that they're now, you know, $1.67 over minimum wage to start, it's deplorable. You know, uh, somebody needs to go. A whole lot of somebody's need to go, quite frankly. So, um, Jeff, you got anything to say about that? Uh, yeah, that's rotten the way our leadership has been negotiating contracts to make us earn less money than, like you said, uh, Walmart, all these other little stores. So it's just appalling to me that what's going on. You know, my grandfathers didn't support um, losing money every contract. That's you gotta gotta remember what the old folks fought for. And that was one of them. Higher wages every contract. Now it's the total opposite. They'll be rolling over and, in and their graves start, right now. Yep. And people are starting to understand these bonuses aren't what they're made all made out to be because we'll get into that a little later too. Fewer and fewer people are getting the bonuses, and uh, they'd much rather have them folded into their base wage, you know. And that's really the way it ought to be because that way you get it. You know, it's not a if come someday, yep. Sunday, Monday. You know, that's been going on here this this last week or so. We've been seeing some stuff since the first one they announced profit sharing. So. Uh, so, Jeff, you want to take that next one? Uh, thank you for your education regarding the communists or Marxists in our UAW Constitution. I really appreciate that. Name withheld. Well, we all, thank you for your contract. This is a very serious issue and it has been dealt with not only by our UAW Constitution, but also a federal law as well. Um, so these folks should be kicked out of the union, and uh, that's about it, right? That's the way I see well, it. Well, Jeff, let me, ask you, let me ask you a question. 
you know, we, oh, no. we've dealt with this <laughs> a couple of times. You know the answer. I know you know the answer. But, yeah. You know, if you have a brain for it, I'll, I'll pick you up there, buddy. Uh, what federal law covers that uh, issue of uh, uh, fascism, Marxism, communism uh, in in a union? Starts with a five. Yeah, uh, starts with a five. Uh, yeah. I don't. You got me, Leroy. I don't remember it. Yeah, I have, I have no five oh four. Five oh four. I have those sometime remembery thing going on. You do? Oh, well. Yeah. I kind yeah. of pulled one off on the other side because I, 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 you just quote that to me so many times. You know that twenty nine U.S.C. <laughs> section five oh four. Yeah. We we dealt with it so many times here. Uh, uh, in in writings and and stuff, and I just thought you would have that really committed memory. And uh, I, I just I'm sorry about that, Jeff. I <laughs> I've had a couple of nights sleep yeah. since then, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, brother. <laughs> Got to have a little fun. Uh, and so yeah, but I you, you know well last week you quoted the uh, article ten section seven and nine. That, that covers that same thing about you being subservient to such group and uh, also that uh, you may be uh, uh, disciplined inside the UAW for being a, uh, accepting an office, accepting an office if you are uh, so involved. Uh, and mm-hmm. that discipline for that is up to and including expulsion from our union. So be real careful who you associate yourself with in these times. Okay, with, uh, you know, I mean, somebody said recently the extreme left has hijacked the the Democratic Party. And, you know, there's uh, a lot to be said for that. And uh, I suppose the extreme other side has uh, uh, done the same in that party as well. So we got to get back to the center, folks. Just just giving you a little little heads up there and just be wary of uh, those folks that you associate yourself with. So, um, this is a late question, and I suppose the next one is too, because this one was late. Um, uh, do you want to take it, Jeff? Or, uh, I'll just no, go ahead. You have the last one. Yeah. Okay. All right. Late question. I, I've I haven't seen a contract uh, since uh, since I started. Why are we not being being given copies of contracts or even a link to the contract? Uh, name withheld, and uh, it, it came in late, really, and you know, been in some discussion with this issue, uh, anyhow. But let me just let everybody know, so that you, everyone knows what's going on uh, with regard to con- contracts and their availability. Uh, there's federal statutory law, not case law, because that case law is in, in anything that's decided by a judge. This is statutory law. It's, just, it's made in uh, Congress and both House and the Senate and signed by the President at some point. Okay. Um, this happens to be part of the Landrum-Griffin Act, and it's part of the Workers' Bill of Rights. Okay. Oh. Yeah, no, it's in the one before the Workers' Bill of Rights. I'm sorry, it's just the section before. Uh, so it's not the Bill of Rights, but just before. Uh, it's Title 29, 
United States Code, Section 414. And it essentially says, it is the duty of the secretary or principal officer to forward a copy of the collective bargaining agreement with the company to every employee who requests such a copy. You know, it's, it's, you know, over the years, we were delivered copies. With the advent of the Internet, a lot of this is online now. Okay, so they don't print hard copies so much anymore. But you still should be directed to where it's at in some sort of communication. Or even just that your committee person stop by and say hi and tell you as a sidewalk call, this is where it's at, or hand you a little slip of paper or something. So I hope that helps to answer your question. If you ask for one, they have to sh either show you where it's at or give you a copy. Okay? Uh, in the case of the General Motors Agreement, there is a master agreement that most everybody's familiar with, and it's about an inch and a half thick now, inch and three-eighths uh, thick, pretty thick. You know, it's really exploded in the last years, and some of the old-timers are, you know, saying, why? <laughs> you know, and, uh, and uh, they told me that, and I kind of look at it, and I go, why as well? So uh, there are a lot of new programs, though, so we'll give them that. Uh, but uh, there's also supplemental contracts in the General Motors Agreement. So you might want to ask for a copy of those. I think there's five, uh, and at least there used to be. So pension is one of them, folks. Uh, and if you have a copy of the white pages for the last two contracts, you might see where some really significant changes, at least in the 15 contract, uh, where it was never brought out in the highlights either, by the way. So don't trust the highlights uh, that the uh, the pension plan was literally gutted uh, and took away a lot of stuff and a lot of protections. Uh, to the end, that uh, General Motors no longer has responsibility for the pension, and uh, there's they put in the uh, Pension Protection Act of 2006, into the agreement, and if your funding level falls below 80%, you get a 50% reduction in your pension. And if it falls below 50%, the funding level, uh, you 60%, 80 and 50, 80 and 50. If it falls, you get a, you might not have a pension level. So just, um, just know that uh, the funding levels are very important. They started. Uh, making sure that the annual statements from the pension showed that this is a very important number now, how much is in the pension plan, so you should be paying attention and what percentage of the funding level, funding level is. So you got to pay attention to that stuff. It used to be just a little paragraph on a piece of paper, hey, this is what it is. It gets $63 billion or whatever, you know. And now it's uh, um, about four pages, three or four pages, depending on what year you get it. And it's a lot. So, um, so that's the long and short of contracts and how you get them. Okay, ask, and if they don't give them to you, you know, there's places if you want to know, just give us a call and we'll direct you. Uh, the uh, National Labor Relations 
board would be a place to start uh, regarding such things if you think because that's that's a violation uh, so uh, Jeff you want to take the last one or are you at seven I'm going to turn um, over to you anyhow. <laughs> you want, did you get it? Yeah, you, I got it. Didn't get I got this. it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I got it. Uh, okay, so it starts off, I am curious about the thoughts of Jeff and Leroy. Do you think all of the new candidates for UAW president even know about the humanoids are currently exist and are being perfect to do most of the auto worker jobs? name withheld well they say it's progress but it's not good it's just we're just losing jobs left and right either going to other countries or due to uh progress here is taking over machines taking over our jobs uh either way we don't like it and we got to fight back somehow to save those jobs so that's my thoughts, Leroy. Right. I I, uh, I hear you loud and clear. Uh, I see nothing, nothing out of the current administration regarding how they intend to protect these jobs. I see a whole lot of that. Let me, uh, it's called feather bedding, making my bed a little better. Uh, you know, see a whole lot of feather bedding out there and, uh, it's unacceptable. When you know these jobs are going away and you're not doing anything to help, and uh, we're doing our part. Like last week, we had on alternative jobs for our, you know, our members' children's and uh, children, and uh, and some of the members that are young enough that might want to switch careers, because uh, much like the everybody saying, hey, they, get, everybody get in a, a, a trucking job, right? Go, go be a trucker. Okay, go be a trucker. How long is that job going to last for? Because they're going to have autonomous trucking in four to five years. Is that a really good career choice for you? You know, it depends on how they regulate it, I suppose. And nobody's doing any regulating. I've been screaming this from the highest hill on the top, the highest flagpole for a couple of decades now. You know, the book End of Work was written in, I think, 95 or 96. And uh, it's... It's poignant about what's going on and what we're about to see. You know, this whole notion of this, uh, I'll say it. There's a quantum computer that was announced December 20. It does, I think it's, it's a minute and 58 seconds. Sometimes I said eight seconds, but it might be a minute and 58 seconds. It can do in less than two minutes what it takes our fastest computer. Now, wrap your head around this takes our fastest computer 2.5 billion years to calculate, right? 2.5 billion years, and it does in a minute 58 seconds. That means the end of any encryption, because it can decrypt just about anything, so that you know the Milky Way galaxy is only a hundred billion years across, light years across. So this means that you could go over and back in the Milky Way galaxy before you can calculate 
and a little more before you can calculate what this thing can do in less than two minutes. It's 100 feet cubed. It, it currently at, uh, operates at 500 degrees Fahrenheit, but that's all going to change faster and faster because now it can calculate so much faster, and it'll figure out what element eventually or create an element on its own uh, to make itself run cooler and smaller. Pretty soon you can stick that computer in the head of a humanoid, and that's why I've been saying for some time we humans have been obsoleted, effective December 2020. Pick a spot to land, folks, because it's not going to be pretty. All right, so let's move on with the definitions. And uh, thank you, Jeff, for helping me out with those questions. I appreciate it. You know, Jeff's been with me since Stardy's co-founder, working for a living, and, uh, you know, we've been through thick and thin here. So, uh, ups and downs, and we disagree and agree on a lot of stuff. <laughs> so thanks, Jeff. <laughs> I want to make a comment about truckers. Um, we've yeah. heard lately that they want to start hiring teenagers to drive trucks. There's a big program about that. It's been in the news lately. Uh, but I come from a large auto worker and trucker family. Uh, truck driving is not easy. Um, the easiest part of it is driving from place to place. But they don't make much money like they, they used to. They're making less money now than they did back in the 80s. And they're still getting 33 cents a mile. It's been that way for decades. Um, you're, you're not getting paid if you're driving an empty trailer. The only time they do get paid is if there's actually something in it. It could be a little box of nuts and bolts. As long as that's in the trailer, they can get paid for it. But if they don't have a, anything, they don't get paid. You know, gas prices have gone up quite a bit since the 80s. And uh, it's not an easy job. Like I said the easiest part is when you're on the road, but gas prices have gone up, insurance has gone up, repair bills have gone up, uh, and some people can't take the, you know, over-the-road jobs. It's hard on the family, so you drive over the road. Uh, so that's just my, my rant on the truckers. Uh, they deserve all the credit they can get. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, uh, absolutely. You heard when we had uh, Charles West on the show here a few weeks ago. You know the the farmers were shooting their hogs in the in pits they dug because they couldn't get truckers mm-hmm. to drive. You know, uh, mm-hmm. and the reason was you know partly COVID. You know all of what you just said too, Jeff. You know, and you know as I I have a few family members that. that uh, been driving, and when I was a kid, I drove uh, cement truck and dump truck and a V-bottom gravel uh, trailer. Uh, so, and I was 19, driving. Uh, you know, uh, back in the day, they didn't care. You know, uh, driving a, a tractor trailer with a V-bottom hauling gravel. Uh, but I, you know, I often say, you know, you got to make your valve stem has got to be making sine waves. You know, and sine wave is just mm-hmm. an undulation, just like if you looked at a, a, the top of the ocean or something that's got some waves in it or just ro- rolling waves. That's like a sine wave. It goes up and down, up and down, you know. 
And if the valve stems aren't making sine waves, they ain't making no money, you know. So, yep. uh, you know, and they're they're well aware. Of it. Every truck driver out there is keenly aware of all of it. So, um, yep. So, you, you got any more on that, Joe? You good? Yeah. You want got, to talk about Canada truck eight, on that issue? I don't know much about the Canadian protest, but if that truck uh-huh. isn't running, you ain't making no money. Um, it's like in plants. If the machinery is not working, it's costing the, the plant millions of dollars for every minute right. Right. it's down. Right. You know, it's just right. it's just the nature of the beast. You know, so. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, to add to the Charles West interview that, that we brought out, uh, the the notion that when the pl- supply chain uh, system breaks down when your su- supply chain management isn't working for you. Like they got there shooting hogs in, in the pits. Before they did that, some government elected official should have been, you know, called or notified or they should have been aware of what's going on in their community and maybe it happened once, but before it happened, you know, 20 times, they should have uh, asked uh, higher authority to, you know, bring in the military, the National Guard, for the purpose of uh, getting these hogs to to uh, in a market, market and in the slaughterhouse. It's, yeah. So, and if they didn't do that, then that's a failure of your elected leadership, and they should be replaced. Okay. And you hear me say this from time to time, I, and I don't care if you put the you know, every community has its own ideology. Some are going to be more middle, some are left, some are right. And your community elects you based on who they are. And I don't care if it's the same ideology as the community on the next person, but the person that failed you needs to be replaced. Understand what I just said. Anybody who stood around watching hogs get slaughtered or tomatoes get plowed under or whatever was being done without asking, can we get this stuff to market and not create a hiccup for this consumer and, you know, absolute loss for the producer, farmer, person that... that lost money on this. If that person didn't serve you, they need to go. And if you happen to be in a very conservative area, so be it. Put another conservative in there. I don't care, but the people that failed you, change them. Get them out. They need to go. And maybe the next person will have enough gumption to go and say to the other Congress people or whoever they're whatever level they're at and say we need to work together on this because it's hurting hurting our country rather than just stand stalwart on the wall and watch the damn thing burn down before you okay so um, uh, having said all of that uh, you know and you know I'm in the middle, leaning left a little bit, but I'm in the middle, okay? And I get that all of us, most all of us, 
work for a wage or did work for a wage and get pension that's tied to the wage. Okay, and when we consider everybody that's tied to wages, that's what we need to consider in our country. Those that work for a living, right? They need to be protected. So, having said all of that, Jeff, you want to take the definition? We got a couple of doozies here today. <laughs> yeah, we'll get going. This week's definition is opportunist. And that uh, means a person or organization who exploits circumstances to gain immediate advantage rather to being guided by the consistent principles or plans. Uh, for example, the possible change to one member, one vote has been talked about for decades by a lot of people in our union, notwithstanding that one group is currently taking full credit for their successful one member, one vote drive. And uh, we just have to say that group did not uh, guarantee us the one member, one vote. It's been debated for decades. So you just want to put the sunshine where it belongs and not give that one group credit for doing it. So, right. Well, maybe make sure you give them the credit when it turns out to be what it's about to occur. <laughs> Because <laughs> and we, we've had a lot of discussion, you know, having 13 people up there yeah. that don't know each other, some that hate each other, mm-hmm. some that got no experience whatsoever, uh, trying yeah. to work together. Management can take so big advantage of that, let me tell you. Yeah. I, I tell you, That's one sure. member, one vote, you voted for it. Now you, you're going to live with what mm-hmm. you got unless something changes it, and mm-hmm. we're working on that too. So, but the... Uh, uh, you haven't even heard from the, the casino workers that are making thirty dollars to $35,000 a year looking at that 200000 or $165,000 job tied barred to the, the staff wages that are now, I think, one ten or one twelve uh, a year, so uh, international staff. So it's uh, rather interesting. Uh, we're going to, you know, and everybody gets a chance to run. You know, so you're going to have 40, 50 people out there running, I think, for every position, not just for president. Once once it seems to be overloaded for president, you know, they're all going to go, well, I'll, I'll settle for vice president, you know, so, <laughs> at 170 or yeah. 165, right? Yeah, it's going to be a, yeah. Yeah, just an absolute shit show, folks. Yeah, I'll tell you, they're on watch for a while. See, see, <laughs> they have no idea what's coming. Good Lord. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and watch some of these groups that Jeff's been talking about try and slide in there and try and, you know, make sure they get control of the money. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, let me just say this, though. I, uh, I've been called uh, just about everything. Uh, I'm not a Marxist. Uh, somebody tried to hang that on me here the other day. Uh, it just about, you know, uh, exploded. Uh, so, and uh, I have been uh, bandied about, they threw a bunch of trial balloons out there about me working with one of the other caucuses or me accepting treasurer for one of the other caucuses, and um, I'm not predisposed to working with that caucus. In fact, I do everything I can to avoid 
association with them. I'm cordial and collegial, but I have no desire to be directly or indirectly associated or affiliated with them. I want to make that perfectly loud and clear for everybody's edification. Thank you very much for indulging me. Jeff, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Um, So this week's quote kind of continues. Oh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead, Leroy. Do you have more, Jeff? Okay. So this week's quote continues the narrative of opportunism. Uh, And the quote is, uh, beware the opportunist who manipulates the truth and takes advantage of opportunity using it to reach their goals without regard to ethics or morals. Uh, Sadaka Bulos is that person. I know one group was out there and they said, hey, um, and, and we have the screenshot, by the way, so it's, a, it's something that's true. Uh, they said, hey, um, this list that we're building is just to inform you of what's going on. And then they started asking the same people on the list that they just got done saying it's only for information to you, asking them for money. And, of course, they got some. And then their little money uh, program fell on its face because they were using people outside the UAW. And we know who those people were. And that got stopped. So, uh, people I trained, by the way, because I've been in politics a long time training a whole lot of folks on how to win. And I don't like losing. So, uh, so there you go with the, uh, the opportunist quote. So, thanks for indulging us on those, Jeff. We kind of got your report here now. So, uh, if you want to just jump in there, we'll. Uh, I pulled the first part of my report up to the front where it needed to be, too. By the way, so you know. Yep. Okay. First, I want to say. As everybody knows, February is Black History Month, and we've been doing reports on Black History Month every year since we started the program here. Uh, there's a lot of good stories behind Black History, History Month um, that people don't know of. They don't teach it in school. Um, so it's, we take it as our job to try to educate the members or our listeners exactly what is right and what is wrong. Uh, I recently bought the book 1619, and I'll be starting reading that tomorrow. 1619 is supposed to be the year that the first slave was sold, brought over from Africa. And so that's the year uh, behind 1619. Uh, It looks like a pretty good book. Uh, Ford is announcing that they are going to shut down some plants for a while. We have several here in Michigan that's going to be affected by it. The Dearborn truck plant, um, let's see, whoever, Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, so it's not good for our membership. And then they also 
are claiming uh, big profits. And we talked about it earlier, big profits while all the plants have missed production work days because of COVID and the chip shortages. Uh, there's a lot of people asking, how can you have that much profit share and you're down most of the year? So I think Leroy touched on that, or he will be. Uh, then the state of, yep, and the state of Michigan is planning to be the first in the U.S. electric vehicle charging road. And we don't much don't know much about it because it just came out. And as the news, more information comes about it, we will report on it. Uh, I'm interested to see if how that works when we get another big snowstorm like we did, you know, 13, <laughs> 12 inches. Uh, I want to see how that works, Leroy. <laughs> electric cars. Uh, well, the comments were, you know, can, can, you, can you get get the potholes fixed first? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to do that they'll first. Probably, uh, yeah. yeah, they'll probably use some sort of different. Uh, and and uh, one of the county commissioners here in Ingham County that I helped uh, to get elected um, uh, is uh, a road surface specialist, and he and I will sit down and talk. Maybe we'll have him on the show uh, so he can, because I'm sure he keeps up on all of that. I know he'd love to be on our show, so we'll try and get him on and give you a little more update on that. Um, And uh, he's a very, very fine man, Uh, and I I enjoyed working with him uh, as he ascended to county commissioner seat. So, um, on the Black History Month, um, Jeff, I'd like to expand on it just a little bit. I know this is your, uh, you know, I mean, I, I have the same affinity for Black History Month and Black History in general as you do. Uh, and, and, you know, I mean, our office here is in the ghetto. So, I mean, uh, and I'm, you know, uh, accepted uh, in the community right here. So, I'm, uh, it it's you know, getting everybody used to each other. It's called exposure, you know. I mean, if you don't have anybody that you can relate to that's different than you, then you'll never relate to them. We had that discussion when we had uh, uh, PG on the show a couple weeks ago. So um, with Black History Month, I just want to make this one one thing uh, that, that really stuck out to me, uh, that... The month of February was chosen as to be dedicated to Black History Month because Frederick Douglass, a black leader extraordinaire, and Abraham Lincoln, a white president extraordinaire, are both born in the month of February. So they have their birthdays in the month of February. And that's why February was chosen. So I just think that's kind of interesting. I just, you know, uh, just wanted to throw that out there just as a foundation for the rest of the month. By the way, we'll, we'll tell you now and tell you at the end of the show, uh, next week's the Super Bowl. And Jeff told me, I'm watching the Super Bowl. You're on. <laughs> <laughs> He didn't, he didn't, yeah, he don't didn't call know. me, Leroy. Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but I know, but I know him, and he, I know, and he wants to watch the Super Bowl. So, and I do too. So, 
not have a show next week, folks. So uh, that's so you know. Um, let me get in the profit sharing, okay? And there's a whole lot of stuff going on and, uh, with revenue and the revenue stream uh, that causes us not to have a lot of money at the bottom line for us. And one of them is dead peasants insurance. Some of you know what that is because you've listened to the show for, you know, the six years we've been on here, six and a half. Uh, well, this is our seventh year, seventh season, uh, but we celebrate uh, the anniversary uh, in 1st of April. But dead peasants insurance, otherwise known as corporate life insurance, uh, is a vehicle that is used by management to take money out of the revenue stream. That means take it away from the bottom line profits, okay, and then the stakeholders don't get that money, and the stakeholders are first us employees and retirees, then the stock and bondholders, the communities in which they exist, you know, all the little programs for this and that, and then for the nonprofits. And, of course, for the government, because they get a tax bite out of that apple. But it doesn't hit the bottom line. It gets diverted to purchase insurance on retirees who, when they expire, gets paid tax-free into the executive suite pension funds. Okay. And, oops, no, not to call them, but we'll call them back. Uh, and it gets paid tax-free as a uh, life insurance benefit into the executive suite pension plans. Now, in 2006, they made it so that they have to have the express permission of every retiree in order to do that. Okay? And then uh, if none of us give it, then our union leadership must have given it. It's not contractual, and it's not in the Constitution, and yet it still happens. Right? And you wonder why they take money out of our mouth and put it in theirs. So, um, somebody wanted to check and see who it was. If it, somebody leaving me a message this time tonight, I better at least take a look. Oh, So, uh, they have to have the express permission of every retiree. And if they don't give it, then somebody else gave it to you on their that, that, that claims they represent you. And they claim they didn't until this became an issue in 2006. Now they claim they do. And they had authority by and through the VIBA that I was the only single retiree to initiate legal action. with one exception, who copied everything we did, put it into the court. Pablo Lopez did that and was murdered gangland style in his sleep at home in 2013, 12 or 13. 
So those get a little bit sticky out here, gang. So welcome to the club. Uh, and so uh, as they now represent us, claim to, some authority has been given to allow that to occur. And the reason, the other, there's one other reason, that's stock buybacks. And we'll give you a little background on those. Uh, there was a thing, well, the stock buybacks uh, were frowned upon uh, for a lot of reasons. They did them in the, in the Depression, they'd be running up to 1929. Uh, Joe, Joe Kennedy said that the reason the, the, pension, or the, the uh, Depression was so deep and so long was uh, exacerbated by the uh, stock buybacks because when they needed money, they had to sell a, sell a stock to get the money, and then it kept things down so long, so deep. Uh, so all these stock buybacks, uh, our friend Bill Clinton uh, made a law that I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, but I'm going to go over it again for any new listeners. Uh, he made a law that said it was uh, illegal, or he caused a law to be made, that it was illegal for a CEO to make more than uh, $1 million a year. And all of us went, yay, boy, they fixed that problem. Yep. So they started paying themselves in stock options. Stock options aren't really all that good unless the stock is going up. So they took money out of the revenue stream, that line that goes from, you know, what they sold stuff for, little expenses, then what's left goes to the bottom line profit. For us workers, stock and bond holders, communities, the uh, nonprofits, and, you know, government itself. They took that money from that revenue stream and went over and bought stock. Bought, it's called corporate stock buyback to drive the stock up so their stock options would be worth more money. That's been made uh, not as attractive as it was. They penalized that uh, in November, the, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, in the uh, infrastructure bill. They said that we're going to penalize, there's a clause in there that will penalize the uh, uh, stock buybacks to the point that they should be non-existent. So we've coupled that with the Fed that's now not infusing money, they're defusing money, taking it back out. Uh, things are going to get really interesting here soon, especially with $918 billion of margin debt that has to get forced, sold. Once it starts, it's going to get ugly. So... But you get those two things, that peasants insurance pulling revenue out, and you got corporate life or corporate buyback pulling money out, and if all of a sudden they're not stealing money, and I'll use that as my opinion, uh, from the, the line, you know, revenue stream to put it in their own coffer pockets, then you, uh, um, you know, you have you know, less for us, but if they stop doing that in a bad year, this is why. Here's the reason. They stop doing it, buybacks, or curtail them to a great degree, and the money that was being diverted now goes to the bottom line. That's why you still have high profits, because they're not taking it for yourself. How about that? 
not taking it for themselves in proper diction. So, uh, my good brothers and sisters, that's why the prophet's sharing is so high this year. God alone. That's why the country has 48% of the people on welfare. If stock buybacks were prohibited, and if dead peasants insurance was prohibited, all the money would have to go to the bottom line for our benefit, as you notice, man, that we you know, if we put that into wages instead of profit sharing, because uh, the other thing about profit sharing this year is a lot of people didn't get the 850 hours. And they're only getting, the, you know, not the 100%, but some of them might not get any, uh, depending on how many hours they work. But a lot of them are going to be in the 27% bracket for profit sharing. Of the, I think they're now some $10,100, the max 250 or someone, maximum profit sharing this year. With plants shut down. Lake Orion is down. It went back to work for a couple of weeks in November, and it's been down, mostly down since then. There's a few people working. But the plants, by and large, have been down. Yet and still, that's a pretty good-sized assembly plant, right? But they're making lots of profit, passing it out to fewer and fewer people, too. Notice that. Fewer and fewer people. So if it was in your wages, everybody would get it. They have finessed the system to screw us, and especially screw those that vote for the agreement. We outlined three constitutional violations that we believe to be in violation. Yeah. In the last agreement, last two agreements. They shouldn't be doing it. So... The uh, uh, plants being down still have high profits. There's only one thing to answer for that. That's that they did not take money from the revenue stream for stock buybacks or a reduced amount and or dead peasants insurance, otherwise called corporate life insurance. So, uh, and, and us retirees don't get any of that money. That's a separate – we have our pension, our, our own life insurance, but their uh, uh, life insurance on us is entirely different. And when Congress finally wakes up and stops both of those, and that money starts flowing to the bottom line, I mean, even Jim Cramer on Friday night, he said, you know, these corporations are swimming in money. They got so much money, they don't know what to do with it. Yeah, we're going to have to move with some, some more stock buybacks. But he doesn't realize they penalized them. They're going to have to send it down to the bottom line. Bottom line, maybe we'll get a bite out of that apple a little bit. <laughs> more than five more. That pesticide insurance. Who knows? Did I sound like Kramer, Jeff? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Do a good job. That's my, that's my best imitation. When they, when they fire Kramer, yeah. you can do his job. Yeah, no, I don't want his job. <laughs> I'll, I'll sit on the sideline and laugh. That's what I wanted. He's about thirty percent effective. Entertainment. And they'll tell you. Yep. This is entertainment. You yourself are responsible for your own financial position. 
Yeah, I interned at a yeah. firehouse brokerage firm uh, in 1987. You ought to have heard the excuses. That was the most uh, uh, well-used one, you know, the, uh, you know, you're responsible in the end for your own financial well-being. With three of the engines, or two of the three engines shut down that drove the market up mm-hmm. from 6470 all the way to 36899 900 if you will, uh, in... 12 years, uh, 13, it's going to be 13 in March 6th, so 13 years, it went up 569%, never before done, catastrophic crash, I don't know, the, the geometric curves, we'll see. So we're rambling a little bit, uh, but the, uh, and I digress, because things are about to get real real for everyone, uh, and that's why I'm giving you last Last warning, if you're in any position that has credit and tied to it or, or, or uh, equity tied to it, you need to reconsider. That, you know, that's just my damned opinion because two of the engines that drove the market up are done, and the only one that's left is uh, margin debt. And when that starts going sideways, it'll get forced sold $918 billion worth of it. To put that in stark reflect, the savings and loan for all of you old enough in the 80s was a $6 billion fix. Six. This is 918. Grab a hold of your parachute. Uh, Anyhow, with all that said, uh, you know, and this is a function of this market rise is a function of corporate greed. As they drove it up, yeah, we had a pandemic and we had shutdowns and the Fed infused uh, $8.8 trillion. Yeah. And half of that in the last... 22 months. So uh, that's why we're in the position we're in. Uh, Had they not taken that money out of the revenue stream, we'd be in a lot better shape. People would be having decent jobs, paying decent money. General Motors wouldn't be literally 67 cents higher than Walmart and $1.67 higher than de facto minimum wage around the country now. Absolutely effing unacceptable. Okay? That, that's as clear as I can make it. And the damage that they've done, they have done, is about to be unwound right before your eyes. Okay, so that's the profit-sharing thing that I can give you the good news on why. And our leaders are subject to being a part of that. Just think about, you know, GQ, Mr. GQ, during, during the time he got to be GQ under his leadership, and they gave away uh, body and paint in, in uh, Spring Hill, Tennessee. Would not happen on a watch administered by yours truly. General Motors subsystems is the next issue. 
um, there's disadvantages to having your job outsourced to subsystems because the wages max at $17 an hour, I'm told, on good authority, uh, from 15 to start, 17 max, and people really don't get a chance to see that in writing because they're not given or told where the contract's at for subsistence. They have been moving jobs into subsystems, material, paying out paint and body. So this is a 50% cut in wages. Okay. Section of the UAW Constitution, Article 2, Objects, Section 1, to improve working conditions, create a uniform system of shorter hours, higher wages, health care, and pensions, and to maintain and protect the interests of the worker under the jurisdiction of this international union. That's Article 2. That means that it's early in the UAW Constitution, meaning it is of greater importance, otherwise known as import. Okay, it has high import. Okay, higher wages, one of those. Lowering your wages purposefully is a violation of Article 2, Section 1. Article 33 says that any appeal, <laughs> I hear you, Joe. <laughs> any I better put myself on mute. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. I like it. I like it. <laughs> you know where this is going. Uh, yes, any I do. appeal has to, has, yeah, has to be constitutionally founded. It has to have a violation of the Constitution, right? That's actually the charges that are, that are under under uh, Article 31, uh, Section 3A through E. Um, but I'm just off the top of my head know that, right? <laughs> Good luck, all of you can other candidates. Decades. Okay, so um, I digress a little, sorry. Uh, so those of you that have been transferred into lesser wage jobs or created a lesser wage job for a job that's been done by regular, you know, traditional wages, that would be a violation. Article 31 says you can do that. Now, there is a, I think it's 1274, PRB 127, Public Review Board's uh, case, I think 1274, I'd have to go look for sure, but the, uh, that, that has a reference to a case uh, that uh, says that you may not charge a, an elected official uh, with Article 31 charge, and it has to be by and through an appeal. Okay, so no Article 31s against a current elected official or the PRB will throw it out. So you can't do the Article 31 charges thing and have a trial and, have, you know, uh, lose their membership. We've had people lost their membership 
and got it back because that was wrong and what there was no penalty and it should have been. Uh, but the uh, um, notion that people are creating lower wage jobs, you know, I don't want to call them leaders. And I don't want to call them union people. They're worse than the lowest scab on the planet Earth. I picked one off my ass the other day. Worse than that. Negotiating lower wages is a cardinal sin in unionism. Remember that, everybody. GM subsystems should have never occurred. Ever. Not only are they taking lower wages, they're kind of kept in the dark about their contract. They they have new information in order to get that now. Some of the folks that are listening out there, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. They have, once in that hole called subsystems off on the side, they have no national transfer opportunities as a subsystem worker. So, you know, the whole notion that you have corporate seniority and you get laid off at Lordstown and you get a chance to go to Spring Hill or Bowling Green or Bedford or uh, Wentzville or Lansing, Michigan or uh, Lido transmission with your full seniority thank you very much Leroy McKnight Uh, and that doesn't occur for the people in subsystems and that needs to change okay and the people that put it there need to be removed from the committee person on the bargaining committee to the shop committee person on the bargaining committee to the chairperson of the bargaining committee to the recording secretary adjunct to the bargaining committee to the regional director to the staff members who anointed this, any of them. If you didn't, you don't have nothing to worry about, but if you did, that's unacceptable. Regional directors, I think I mentioned them. Vice presidents, treasurer of the international, and president of the international. All contracts have to be approved by the international. If they're approving lower wage situations, such as GM subsystems, they all got to go. And they just did it in Spring Hill, Tennessee, as a new entity, subject to constitutional critical action, because it violates the Constitution in this brother's opinion. So, that said... I think that uh, that covers subsystems. They shouldn't exist. The work, workers are half wage. They have no transfer rights. 
were kept in the dark like mushrooms and not told anything. That just happened. But our president is GQ Man of the Year. Okay, Jeff, we're a little long over an hour here today, about an hour and 12. Do uh, you have any anything to comment on any of you? But I think I covered everything in my report. Yeah. No, I don't, right? So, no, I don't. So, a lot of good information tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Be careful, folks. I mean, I was pretty, you know, I, I went over that about the the three engines and two of them are driving the market up. And uh, three of them, or two of them are done. And as soon as the epiphany sets in for people holding 70% margin debt in their account, and they start to sell because they don't want to pay the 9% because it doesn't look like it's going up anymore because two of the big engines are shut down. Okay, that's your corporate buybacks and your infusion of money. They're actually defusing. They're taking money out now the Fed. When that epiphany hits them or some geopolitical event happens, this is going to go down. And once the forced selling, once their account gets to 18%, remember, I've worked at a warehouse brokerage firm. Every one is a little different. They have little nuances that are different. Didn't work. I interned at for free in the 80s, late 80s, okay. So 87, as a matter of fact. Uh, so the uh, uh, notion that uh, the account has to have 30% equity, at 22% they get a margin call, and it goes up 3 to 1, and it comes down 3 to 1. In other words, if the market rises a dollar, they go up $3. If the market falls, a dollar, they go down three dollars, because that's that 70-30 advantage there. It's not quite exactly three to one, but it's enough. Okay, a little more actually. But when it gets to 22, they get a margin call, roughly. And they have a few days, and it depends on the brokerage firm, no more than five, to bring their account back to 30 percent. That's the minimum when you start. Boy. If they can't in the five days, they force sell them automatic. And if their account goes below 18%, it's an automatic forced sale. The last time we saw significant forced sales was October 19 or 20 of 1987, where we had forced selling and, forced selling and a bid-wanted situation. No buyers, no bids. So it just fell right before your eyes instantly. Current circuit breakers are at 7%, 15-minute interruption, 13%, 15-minute interruption, 20%, halt for the day. 918.6 billion dollars of margin debt would have to be unwound once this starts. That's my last warning.
Jeff, you got any closing remarks? No, I don't, Leroy. A lot of information tonight. A lot of information. Uh, good information. Lots going on, Jim. Yep. Thank you. Yes, sir. What's going on, though? And I tell mm-hmm. a lot of people this person who knows to knows, and uh, it's my opinion. Okay, that's all it is. My opinion on this radio show. It's my opinion, and when I speak to you regarding such matters, it's my opinion. And it's been proven to be wrong sometimes. But I'm just going to guess you that this one, this one, ain't so wrong with the two, two of the three big engines. Shut down, flame out, one of them going in reverse. Okay, so, enough stuff. Um, Global listeners, we want to say thanks to you. Uh, Canadian, Mexico listeners, thanks to you. We really appreciate you there. Uh, We note that the Mexicans chose an independent union to represent them in Mexico beside the UAW. We do not like that. We would like to think that they would have chosen the UAW, but with what's going on, they made a different decision, and I'm sad about that. I think Jeff is too, huh? I imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Right? Yeah, okay. So to uh, all mm-hmm. our U.S. union and non-union listeners, thank you. To all of our UAW listeners, a special thank you to you. All of you. If you found this show valuable, or if you found any value in us, please tell just one more person about us. One, just go over and tag your, your pal and say, "Hey, this was this is pretty cool." You, you know, listen to a couple of shows and a lot of stuff going on. We were we were kind of quiet last year. A lot of back and forth. You know, the election wind down, and then we had one member, one vote. We did a video on it. Uh, the kind of told like it was, and what you're about to see is going to be that. So we have a documented position where we were on it. Uh, So you'll see. You can check that out. It's still on our page. Um, So in the next coming week, we wish you every success. Have fun and stay safe. God bless each and every one of you, and God bless the United States of America. Good night, listeners, and good night, Jeff. Thanks for hanging out here so long with me. Good night. I really appreciate it. Good night, everybody. Good night.